we are the voices of experience. Four pals from Toronto, Canada. All of us with quite a few miles traveled already down Life's Highway. While that may not translate directly into voices of wisdom, we can promise you an entertaining half hour of discussion on a wide range of topics of current interest. So sojourn with us for a while. You'll hear a variety of points of view. You'll be amused, you'll be provoked, you'll be stimulated. And now uh, let me pass the word across to uh, Alex Brown now. Thank you very much, Andrew. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to this podcast. We hope you found our past podcast interesting. Today we're going to continue on with a theme that we've had on a couple of podcasts in the past. Joining me today is Mario Karakides, Andrew Wood, whom you've just heard, and Sarab Sandhu. Today's topic is the continuing saga of the US election. The votes are in, we know who won the popular vote, but the story is not yet over. And as Yogi Berra once said, it's not over until the fat lady sings, or in this case, maybe the fat man. Whatever the case may be, we're going to discuss where we are right now and what we can expect in future. And I would like to review just a few of the facts right now that we know. Firstly, Biden has won the popular vote by a significant margin. Donald Trump, however, has not conceded. He is contesting the situation that alleging voter fraud. And Biden, while he's uh, won the popular vote, he hasn't actually been elected president. That is something that the Electoral College will do in the middle of December. Followed by that, there will be an inauguration on January 20. What can happen between now and the Electoral College vote, or even between now and the election in January 20, is subject of much speculation. And we're going to add that fuel to that fire today. And I'd like to start this off with Mario. Mario, you've got some great ideas on this, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know if I want to start the fire, but I, I can tell you uh, there is smoke down there and uh, it is uh, starting to get darker and darker. And uh, as we're seeing this, uh, the situation involved, I mean, it wasn't unexpected. I mean, if, if you thought for a minute, anybody, whether it's in the U.S., all over the world, thought that Trump would, you know, would concede an, a loss when this man hasn't been able to accept the fact that he, he has gone bankrupt in his businesses and he calls it a great success. So what do you expect, you know? Uh, so no, I, I never, I never expected it. Now the problem is that it's not only Donald Trump. If he was in the cocoon mm. in this Trump empire, who gave a rat's behind, right? But he is now influencing people, and it is those people who have been fed anger and they've drank the poison that he has been giving for over the past five years. That's what's been happening. Is now they're ready. They're, they are primed to do something. Uh, and the enabling that is happening from the Congress and from the Republican Congress, because they still got a damn vote to deal with in Georgia, that they're not willing to concede the fact that uh, Biden won, uh, mm -hmm. is a problem there. So they're placating him until they get the Georgia voters in. Uh, and uh, then they're going to run like rats out of a sinking ship. 
So I'll leave it at that for nice. mm. now. There was a protest in uh, Washington this past weekend, and I understand the the, the, the people who uh, who started it were expecting millions. I don't know what how many arrived, but it only got a foot mute on foot on the news. Andrew, what are your what is your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, okay, and, and thanks. Well, I, I follow these things um, minutely. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by it, but I'm giving a lot of time uh, every day, uh, mainly through the uh, Washington Post and the New York Times, as well as other supplementary sites. But I'm just mesmerized by it. You know, it's just like a snake charmer in front of my eyes. Uh, allow me to point out that there's a quick and easy solution to this, and it's an obvious one. And, and, and that is simply to give Mr. Trump what he wants. Overturn the results of the election, you know, flip those uh, states that were flipped, Pennsylvania, Michigan, the others. He gets what he wants and the problem goes away. So that's the solution. He's president for another four years. Well, Ooh. that would be the downside of that. Um, but I, I, There's I'm, 75 million Americans who don't want that to happen. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. Nine I think, million. Yeah, a couple of things we should focus on during this podcast, I think. Uh, one is the complicity of those terrible um, Republican figures in government who are allowing him to get away with it. And second, of course, is the stalling of the incoming administration for Mr. Biden, because they need the um, consultation time and the planning time, and they need to be in on all the facts. And, and that's the tragedy of it, of course. Well, from a legalistic position, Trump cannot admit that he has lost the election now until it's really over. Because if he does, every, that's, then it's over. I mean, he's a very legalistic position. And he's probably got advice from his lawyers on this. But, Sarab, what is your thoughts on this? Well, hello, guys. Everybody listening, welcome. Now... All I'm saying is, at this moment, I've been following Donald Trump's Twitter account. He tweet, uh, tweets uh, every hour or so. The latest one is, in Detroit, there are far more votes than people. Nothing can be done to cure that giant scam. I have been Michigan. So there have been irregularities in the voting thing. Uh, like, if you go into the other media, which is, they're, they're showing that a lot of Votes were counted, they came after. Rob, we are assured that there are no irregularities. When you repeat those things, you're repeating the conspiracy. There are no irregularities, and the people running the election have declared that there was no irregularities. What was the man's name? Mr. Krebs, I think, from uh, some department. He was summarily fired by tweet by the president because he said exactly that. Now, that is the person who's running the election. And he's in touch with all 50 states. So if he doesn't know, who the hell knows? Well, they're also in Wayne County. They have refused to certify the election there already. This is the canvassers there. So they, this has to be addressed. But this is the building block of chaos. If they can't address how to handle those votes, they're throwing away the, uh, most of the... Uh, the case, uh, court case is out, but there there is some validity to whatever was happening there. The mail-in voting caused all this to happen. The mail-in voting was the reason. There are more votes. Gentlemen, than 
Gentlemen, here's the problem. If Trump can prove voter fraud here, if he can develop and create an issue like this, could he per perhaps stall or stop the Electoral College from confirming Biden? Can he use a legal argument to say, look, the Electoral College cannot meet in December until this whole issue is resolved? And if he does that, can he forestall the inauguration in January 20? That, Answer me that. Is this just the precursor of a huge legal bun fight that results <laughs> in Trump actually being able to extend his presidency beyond the inauguration date simply because he's been able to stop everything in court? Well, well he, hasn't been, he hasn't been successful yet. No. Every court case he's filed has been left out of court. As a matter of fact, I was uh, listening uh, earlier this morning uh, about uh, Giuliani going to court in, uh, I think, uh, um, I forget which state it was now. It's, it's escaping me. Uh, Pennsylvania, and, I believe. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Thank you. And uh, basically what he was uh, arguing was there was massive voter fraud. And uh, he started citing conspiracy theories. And, and God knows what he was saying. And the judge basically asked him outright, do you stop this? He said to him, and do you actually see where's your proof? And he admitted that he's got no proof, zero, <clears throat> zero proof. So here is the trick that they're trying to pull. If you say it often enough, if you repeat it often enough, people are going to believe it as the truth, even though it isn't truth. Well, that, that bullshit doesn't work in courts. Because they, they're based on evidence. But in public opinion, evidence yeah. has no relevance. Yeah, well, I believe Joseph Goebbels made that same argument, didn't he? Didn't he uh, talk about that back in the 1930s? Yeah. If you say a, a lie loud enough and uh, often enough and, 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 and persist with it, then some people are going to start buying it, including some people on this Zoom panel, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just don't like to see that because it's such nonsense. You know, his his um, legal avenues are shutting down quickly, and, and it's well, just not going to go anywhere. In terms of the, of the of the vote, apparently there was a report I, I listened to last week that said there may be a couple million people that actually believe uh, that Trump won the the uh, the, uh, the popular vote by a landslide. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, they're not paying any attention to the popular media or the, the conventional media, they're listening to some uh, uh, conspiracy sites. They're listening to groups like QAnon. Mm. And there is also a, a site, I tried looking for it recently, called 8chan, which is another one of these conspiracy sites. I think it's been completely shut down because I can't find it anywhere except references to how bad it is. Well, there's also AON, and there's a lot of other channels too under the St. Clair network that uh, that, that are uh, in there. But what I what I can tell you from what I have seen, uh, and uh, from interactions that I've had uh, in, in the cyber world, the belief that Trump won and that he was cheated out of it is very real within the Republican uh, community, and uh, the again it is the the fact of listening to false media and telling them by the way that the other media is there is the enemy that they are lying 
So it creates this separation and this wall. He did build his wall, guys. He built his wall, but it's a psychological wall. It's a wall between the left and the right, and nobody wants to, to, to pass that or being able to even break it down to listen to it. So I'm going to say to you, Mr. President, tear down this wall, <laughs> as yeah, Ronald Reagan said. You know, you know his, his, his basic modus operandi, his basic um, idea is to stay on top of the news and to stay on top of the news at all costs, no matter what, and no, you just, just, you know, burn all those bridges behind him. He cares not a whit about the American people or the progress of the disease or um, the matters of his administration or making things easy for the incoming administration. Not a thing, not a whit. The, all of it is tied to his own ego to his own gigantic world devouring uh, narcissism. And um, though it's fascinating to watch, uh, ultimately, I mean, it's just going to devolve into tragic buffoonery. I, I well, know. it's all about, I guess, sorry. I wanna ask, I wanna ask Sarah, uh, and I know Andrew <laughs> uh, kind of challenged you on this. So where is the evidence that there is fraud well, it's all circumstantial, what they are yeah. saying, what you're reading. Right, no proof. That's the point. And no also, there's people on the ground that affidavits signed under penalty of perjury, which these guys have filed in court. I read the whole affidavit. There were a lot of irregularities. They're talking about 650,000 votes, which came in after 4.30. And this is... That's not an irregularity. Not an irregularity. No, from, what I, from what I understand is you have the ability to cast your vote until the time that the elections are closed, right? But if you cast your vote a day or two or three or four or five days and the mail gets slowed down on purpose and it doesn't arrive until two, three days later, whose fault is that? You cast your vote. You, your vote is stamped. Okay, so the idea that mail-in voting is somehow irregular because it arrived two or three days later, it was the intent of the voter when they sent it in, that's what counts. It's the date of the stamp. So all the rest of it is all bullshit. Well, well, that's the word for it. Guys, we got about two minutes if you want to wrap it up a little bit. We'll sum up here by having some predictions about what we can expect over the next uh, two months. Uh, Sarab, could we start with you? Well, if everything goes fine, it's great. But I am expecting a, some sort of a civil war there in, in the States. There's going to be some sort of uh, clash between the Biden and uh, the Trump forces. It's going to happen. And I hope it doesn't. But that's my intention and my prediction. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what is your prediction? Well, I think that's overstating it, frankly. I think we are in for another several months of theatrics, of histrionics, of hysterics, actually. And it's, it's all very, very sad. And the bottom line for me is the, um, is the tragedy of the extra, for example, coronavirus uh, deaths of mm. the aimlessness of American policy through the next um, several months. And there are bad actors around the world who will take advantage of this vacuum in American leadership. And I think it's very dangerous and I think it's very volatile. But as for calling for uh, insurrection or civil war, I think that's a step, many, many steps too far. 
Mario, what do you think? Well, I, uh, I fear it. Okay, I'm not calling for it, obviously. I'm praying that it doesn't happen. The truth is blood has already been spilled. There was a stabbing during the uh, one of the rallies that was going on, uh, and it was uh, between uh, the confrontation between the uh, the Biden supporters and the Trump supporters. Now that is one person. I don't know uh, this person's fate uh, of whether or not they survived the stabbing, but blood has already been spilled. Yeah, there will be deaths. I think there will no. be deaths. And that that's really scary, and uh, it's sad uh, because people are losing perspective. Uh, and they're, they're getting lost in the emotional aspect of it instead of actually sitting down and saying, wait a minute, what am I doing? My family is dying from COVID. I can't go to work. I can't, you know, I, I'm dying to get toilet paper for crying out loud. And I can't, uh, you know, and I have to sit and worry about <coughs> some narcissist in the White House who's not refusing to leave. I don't know, folks. It's I think we've lost our priorities. We've got this world upside down. This alternate universe has to change. Well, gentlemen, my view is that Trump will stay to the bitter end. And if he's got any allies living on Mars, he'll probably call them in in an effort to have them support his uh, presidency. Although I don't think there's anybody living on Mars, but who knows? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a perspective of Canadians on your your uh, political uh, 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 sorry our American friends. This is a Canadian perspective, one of them, on your electoral process. We find it fascinating yeah. that you're going through this. I am confident that you will recover from all of this and, and that you'll go on to greatness. That the pandemic will be overcome. That the economy of the United States will recover and you'll go on to better glories. But whenever okay. you sneeze, please, or roll over in bed, be careful of us, because we're lying there in, in it with you. Good day, have a nice time, okay. bye. Thank you. And to Trump, take off, eh? <laughs> take off, eh? <laughs>